then you hit the downhills and you're like whoo let's get pitted and you just hit stuff you're just hitting these walls these turns you know you know dropping in here and there it can be a lot of fun we can wander our way over you know because this is wandering ways what's bigfoot possibility Clink. What's up, everybody? This week, we are doing things a little bit different. Uh, it is just the Reverend this week, so no Ranger Zach. He is off in Yellowstone right now, so he was unable to make the trip or make the podcast. He's making the trip to Yellowstone, but not to being on the podcast today, which is okay because we encourage going out and being in nature and this he is just living that example of going out being in nature so we're going to let zach enjoy yellowstone and hopefully hear about those tales uh, when he gets back next week so i apologize if you all came to hear him instead of just me uh, hopefully you can get something out of this episode that is with just the reverend so kind of basically it's the reverend's final words like the whole time if we really think about it so it will be a little different we're going to still keep to the nature theme and we may wander here or there i don't know how much we'll wander since i don't have someone to get me off topic but we're going to try and have a doozy of an episode today Um, But before we get going, I do want to just make sure everybody's out there hitting that like and subscribe button for both uh, the YouTube, uh, Apple, Spotify, anywhere that you get your podcast, go ahead, please give us that like, subscribe, um, all of that. It really does help out the podcast a whole lot, and we appreciate you guys and everything that you do for us, and we like trying to help you guys out by giving you all these great tips uh, for national parks or just outside in general. Um, Before we keep going, remember the Instagram for the podcast is wandering ways podcast, wandering underscore ways underscore podcast. So please go check that uh, the Instagram out there uh, for the podcast. You'll see when the podcast episodes come up. And if we do any other fun stuff, uh, that's the first place to check. So make sure you guys are following the podcast. Uh, Make sure you check out Zach's Instagrams. You know, the Rougarou, uh, he's doing things with his car there. So it's always more fun to do there. Uh, If you're into the cars and stuff, you know, he's got a great adventure vehicle, uh, Bigfoot Research van vehicle whatever you want to call it he's got it um so check out the ruguru also make sure to check out my instagram reverend marcus that's the instagram the twitter you can check out my twitter it's a little bit different than uh like the nature themed but the twitter is also reverend marcus there's a lot of fun stuff there more fitness and sports related on the twitter the Instagram for Reverend Marcus is fitness and nature oriented. So it fits well with today's podcast. Um, and then also make sure to check out my website, theunathletictrainer.com. 
Uh, that's where you can stay up to date on all things health and fitness oriented uh, when it comes to the reverend's words of wisdom in the health field. Uh, that brings me to kind of today's meat of the topic as it is all things health and fitness, but nature themed. All right. So if you do follow me or you've been paying attention to the podcast at all, you do know that I am a health nut, or at least I like to think I'm a health nut. Um, I have been on a health journey for a while. And I do got to say, uh, a lot of my friends call me the hippie one, because a lot of my health and fitness things do come across as a little bit hippy dippy. Um, but I like to think as I'm just someone who likes to do things a little bit more natural. Um, and I do like getting outside. So I try to incorporate things that get me outside and doing more health and fitness oriented habits, whether it's getting my workout outside, whether it is I'm just doing general good health tips that involve being outside. So today is all things that I'm going to go through some of the big things that I think are huge that can be super important in improving your health and well-being that do incorporate getting outside. You do have to get outside for most of these. There are ways to hack them indoors, but if you want the real source and oftentimes the cheaper source is to just get outside and do it. So we're going to start off with those in the first being in this healthy habit is grounding and or earthing. I have talked about this many a times on the podcast, and I have even encouraged you guys to check out the uh, documentary earthing that is on YouTube for free. So please, if you haven't checked it out and you're interested, make sure you do check out earthing documentary on YouTube and you'll find it there. It's free. You don't have to pay anything to view it. So it's worth the, the watch anyway. Um, but for anybody that is confused on what earthing or grounding is, it is essentially just going and connecting with the earth. And it has some more do with electrical charges. So what do I mean by that? So us humans have... Other animals create electrical charge too, but we're going to be just talking humans. We create an electrical charge, which makes sense. If you understand our nervous system, we're basically one big electrical grid, okay? But the issue is, is we do not have a grounding outlet because we have invented these awesome things called shoes. But what do shoes have? They have rubber soles. And if you have ever... Um, experience electricity and rubber. Rubber is not an insulator, so it's not going to let that charge go. So we just kind of hold on to this charge and it has nowhere to go. And if we get too much of this charge, we start to create kind of like a chronic inflammatory response. Okay. If you're following the health world, you've probably heard about this chronic inflammation. It's kind of been the buzzword, the buzz uh, news for a while in the health and wellness is how can I mitigate my chronic inflammation, right? There's foods that make you chronically inflam inflam 
chronically inflamed. There's also high amounts of chronic stress, basically creates a chronic inflammation response. So it's, it seems to be like we don't want this chronic inflammation when it comes to it. And grounding is a great way to stop one big component to it. And that's getting rid of this charge. And so when we connect ourselves to the earth directly with our skin or a good surface or material that does have, uh, that can conduct electricity, electricity can go through, we can get the same, uh, we can get the same benefits as if we are just touching the earth with our bare skin, right? So how does this kind of work, right? It's similar to the old style TVs where they used to have like this fuzzy kind of response when you plugged in straight into the wall. And what these electrical engineers noticed is if they then took another end, so positive negative of this electric charge and put it into what's called the ground or grounding it, right? You create a better um, electrical environment because that electricity has a place to go and basically dissipate. Right. So if we go back to the body by using it, we're creating this uh, electrical environment, building up this charge. And when we go in ground, whether it is walking barefoot in the grass or walking on the beach or just putting our hands on the ground itself, we allow that electrical charge to dissipate, to leave the body. And then what also happens is as we do this, we get these uh, we start to bring these electrons up from the earth because the earth has this negative charge. We create the positive charge. The earth has this negative charge and we can, off, that's how we offset, right? And the positive negative helps to kind of offset like that. And when we do get this pass of electrons from the positive and negative of this circuit, we thus allow our body to absorb free radicals. Now, that's another kind of health buzzword you may have heard um, about having all of these free radicals and all of these oxidants, and you want to have antioxidants to help absorb these free radicals. And the research is out on if you should go out and actually get antioxidants, um, partially because to get enough antioxidants in the body to do what you want it's kind of not safe. So the research is out on that when it comes to antioxidants. But if we ground ourselves, allowing these electrons to come and absorb these uh, free radicals, as they say, we thus create a more uh, healthy environment, less chronic inflammation, right? Inflammation is fine to get. It's the chronic one. And when we ground and we absorb these free radicals, we're there able to get rid of this chronic inflammation. And then all of a sudden, all of those aches that you've had, they start to go away. Your sleep can be a lot better when you ground. And there's just a multitude, your health, your energy, your just overall well-being. You feel pretty good when you ground. And the best part about all of this is is you really don't need to spend like hours upon hours upon hours outside with your feet on the ground or however you want to ground. Right now, the research is showing that you need just 20 minutes of grounding to get some positive benefits. Okay. Now, what do, how can you ground, right? Well, like I said, it's just touching your skin to the earth. 
that's the biggest way. That's the most number one way to be able to ground is getting skin to earth contact. And that's realistically the only real way to do it. There are things you can do. You can go out and buy like these bands. You can buy bed sheets. You can buy mats that will connect to the grounded port of your uh, house. If you're curious of what I mean by grounding port, most of houses nowadays have those three prongs. If you notice that bottom one, that's that grounding one. So it connects into there and allows you to ground through the electrical system of your house. So that's that's it on that one, right? And so 20 minutes of grounding outside can be very beneficial. I have gone for barefoot walks before I'm starting to become more barefoot as we do things. Um, I try to get 20 to if not an hour or 20 minutes to an hour of grounding each day. And I've noticed a huge benefit, which is how I feel overall. I have some energy. My sleep has been way better and I care about my sleep. All right. Do have some caveats before I just go and say it's just like the miracle thing out there. I'm not necessarily, I don't necessarily think it isn't that miracle thing, right? I do think that if we all grounded, a lot of health problems would go away in the long run. But the research is just not out there supporting all of those ideas partially because there's not a lot of research on grounding. It's a newer up and coming thing. And it's been kind of laughed at for the last few years. Okay. So earthing grounding is very new in terms of the health habit world. But if you wanted to jump on it and become part of the health trend well before it actually takes off, I would encourage you to go out and ground, right? This is fantastic way if you just start your day or maybe even end your day going out standing in your backyard standing in a park standing wherever there is earth grass you can then ground for the 20 minutes it's not very long so that's why it's one of my number one things that I encourage to everybody is to make sure you go out and try some grounding okay that is the first healthy tip that I have That involves getting outside, right? Everything today on these health tips have been generated to get you outside, right? Because we are a nature podcast. We want you to do healthy habits that involve being in nature. Grounding is one of them. The other one is seeing light. And I mean natural light. There are a multitude of benefits in controlling your circadian rhythm when you can get out and watch some natural light. Now, what do I mean by natural light? I mean that big fireball in the sky that we call the sun, right? And what do I mean by managing my circadian rhythm or your circadian rhythm? I mean, this helps your body understand what time of day it is. We have this cycle or this clock in our head called circadian rhythm the circadian clock we have a bunch of other clocks but that's a different kind of conversation this is just the circadian clock or circadian rhythm you may have heard about this when it comes to sleep right as we get to a certain point we start to get into like a drowsy kind of lax of day school that's when we're at a low in our circadian rhythms we'll have points where we get very energetic and all of that 
and we'll have lows. That's the cycle that we get. And a lot of it has to do with sunlight is how our body knows when we need to have or how we manage these peaks and valleys. If we don't get sunlight at all, our body gets thrown for a loop. And then there's a cascade of events that happen that aren't healthy for ourselves and our body in the long run. Most of it centering around sleep. So this is a big one to help us get good, solid sleep. So best way to do this, right, is to wake up and go look out and watch the sun rise if you're up early enough, or at least just get out and have your cup of coffee outside on your deck or outside on your front porch or open up a window to just allow that sunlight to come in. It does, windows don't affect that sunlight enough with the waves. So you're going to be doing well enough if you just opened up that sunlight, because maybe it's a wee bit cold in the, the mornings, you know, this winter times like it is right now, it can be very cold. So I understand maybe not going outside right now, but in the spring, summer and early fall, when it is a little bit warmer, it could be nice to go out and get some sunlight, right? You can even double this up with your grounding, right? Go on outside put your feet in the grass and watch that sunrise come up you've just hit two birds one stone and you can see a multitude of benefits come your way from doing these getting that a good circadian rhythm is huge right and seeing that uh, natural sunlight in the morning while it is super important and that will do a lot of benefit for you you can also say the same about not seeing sunlight in the latter parts of the day, okay? And what do I mean by not getting that sunlight or light in general? So the sun goes down because we live on this rotation and and we are rotating, circling the earth, the sun, all of that, our earth's on rotation, we're orbiting the sun, all of that, right? So there's points of what we all know as night or no light, okay? And when we get to these points, our body, if we are in tune with this circadian rhythm, will actually knows without really having like it doesn't your body doesn't know it's seven at night, but your body does know that it's getting close to sleep, right? That's when we start putting off that melatonin and melatonin then makes us drowsy and we fall asleep. Right, melatonin makes us fall asleep, it doesn't keep us asleep. There's a whole nother chemicals that help us stay asleep, but melatonin helps us get to sleep. And if we don't get rid of the light in the evening, then we tend to stay awake. You, you hear a ton of people like, Oh man, you know, I'm watching Netflix as I fall asleep and I just can't fall, fall asleep because the show's so interesting. Could be that the show is very interesting. If you're watching a show that you like, you're going to be in tune to that show and you're not going to fall asleep. But the other thing is you hear tons of people will put on something that have background noise and that light and they just still can't quite fall asleep. Okay. And that's because of that light. Now you have probably heard of blue light and it's all about the blue light that's causing the melatonin to not be produced. and There's some truth to that, right? It is very important, but the blue light itself isn't really doing enough of that to uh, your body and reducing that melatonin. 
it's it's just kind of light in general that does it and they're depending on who you talk to there'll be a lot of people that say eliminating one ray of light from your eyes is not very good for you and when i mean rays of light we have different you know there's red light there's green light there's blue right the main colors they have different wavelengths and blue light being one of them and there's a lot of people that will say that you know you're you're not doing your body any good if you get rid of the blue light. So having blue light blockers of any kind is not good for you. There's also a multitude of people that will say you're not doing enough, right? If you're putting him on in the evening, your body, you don't want blue light at this time anyway. So it kind of, there's no bad health effects in that you're getting a lot because that melatonin is being produced and you're able to fall asleep and it will help you out real well. Okay, that's that second uh, habit is light. I know I went through that one kind of fast, and honestly, there's a lot more to light, um, but getting light early is probably the biggest thing. I'll tell you how I do this. Um, If I can't get outside, um, oftentimes because I wake up and it's still dark out, uh, I wake up pretty dang early, So what often happens, what I need to do is uh, I wake up and I hit the light in my room. I turn it on within probably 30 seconds of me waking up. I also, to make sure this is clear, I also have one of those alarm clocks that start dim and get brighter as it gets close to the time that I wake up. So it simulates the um, sunrise. So I get light early, and this helps me get up and out of bed very quickly. Um, I'm ready to start my day. I love the mornings. Is it because I get light? Is it because I'm grounding? I don't know why, but um, I do think those are helping, and I'm willing to bet that they are helping if we were to actually get some body measurements uh, and compare it to if I'm sitting in a dark room right away. Um, So get that light will help you get up energetic, start your day, get that circadian rhythm in flow. And all of a sudden you'll start to notice small things here and there where you're like, man, I feel good. I don't know why. Oh, wait, it's because I got light this morning, right? A lot of these habits aren't going to be the big things. You're not going to notice the big changes, but over time, you're going to be like, dang, I have been feeling great for the last month oh man, I've been getting my light. I've been getting that grounding in. So it really can help you out health-wise by doing these. And again, grounding in light involves getting outside. In the spring, in the summer, you can go on a nice morning walk. Do it barefoot. You're grounding, you're outside, you're moving, you're getting that light. It's fantastic. If you have a dog, take him out for a morning walk. That's a great way to get that light in. And you're kind of moving around. You're getting, you're starting your day. So moving on to the kind of next kind of a habit. Um, and this one, this one isn't necessarily one to do like all the time. Um, you, I mean, you should, you should try to do it as much as you can. Um, but this one is more to help you and your eyes kind of relax, right? So I talked about eyes with the light and how important it is for our eyes to get some light. Now I'm going to talk about looking off into the distance, right? Or panoramic viewing. If 
you may have noticed if you've ever gone and looked at sunsets off in the distance or you get up high and you get those huge mountain landscapes or those huge prairie landscapes and you kind of get this like relaxing kind of feeling, right? That actually, there's a physiological response that explains this. And it has to do with the eye lens, okay? When we're close up looking, whether it's a book, tablet, laptop, um, phone, whatnot, we have to engage this lens in order to, you know, make it so we can read. Now, people have problems with this, and that's why we have glasses, is to help kind of get the clarity for it. That can be very straining. You ever feel like at the end of the day, you're just kind of like your eyes are very strained. It's because you've been looking at a lot of things close up within this very close environment. And then if you were to actually go and just stare off into the distance, far distance, and not focus in on one point, but actually allow yourself to look or see, try and see everything. So what do I mean by everything? I mean, if you were to take the two farthest points in your, off to the sides, you can see both of those while staring ahead. So you kind of get this whole grand picture without focusing in on one point. And you may notice that there's that relaxing feeling. And it's because those lenses actually get to relax a little bit. And you're, sta- you're sitting, standing, whatever, And that's what creates that relax, that ah moment when you're out looking in the distance. Um, And, you know, they're pretty for one thing, so it's worth going out and looking at it. But two, being able to relax those eyes can help your eyesight out in the long run. It will help you not get that degenerative eyesight. You know, as you get older, you got to get glasses. If you take care of your eyes when you're young, you don't have to worry about glasses or eyesight problems in the future. And allowing yourself to get that panoramic is very relaxing. It can help you de-stress, right? As you, your muscles relax as you look, your eyes relax. That's going to create a de- nice de-stress of the whole body for you. And that's going to help you fall asleep. Right? Sleep is becoming a recurring theme today but I really don't mean it um, to be that big of a topic. It just is super important. A lot of these habits help your sleep. And if you get better sleep, you're better in the long run. So if you don't snooze, you lose. So take care of your sleep, everybody. Um, Whether you want to try these habits or not to help you improve your sleep is one thing. But these habits, again, are helping you get outside. The looking at the distances is those sunsets. It's those mountain views. Um, One example of looking in the distance and how much it does actually help your eyes and your your brain, because your eyes are basically the only part of your brain that touches the outside world. Slow that down for a bit and think about it as your eyes are connected to your brain through nerves. Nerves, right? Nerve, eyeball, brain, or brain, eyeball, nerve, brain, brain, nerve, eyeball. Your eyes are basically your brain on the outside or partial because your eye does go inside your body a little bit. But say you had a concussion, right? I work in the sports medicine world. I deal with concussions a lot. I actually early on ask a lot of my athletes to go and watch a sunset, go and just stare off into the distance. 
Why do I have them do that? Right. It relaxes that muscle of the lens. So therefore their eyes aren't straining, allowing their brain to heal. They're outside kind of engaging in some fresh air. They're not in any of those like LED light environments. They're able to shut their brain off and let it recover. And they're relaxing their brain when they look off into the distance because it's not focusing. So it's allowing that brain to chill out and heal coming from a concussion. I've seen a lot of positive effects with getting my athletes feeling better quicker from a concussion. Does that shorten their time, uh, their timeline up? That's person to person concussion and concussion. That's a whole different topic and a whole different podcast, but I've seen some big benefits in helping that brain relax and heal by looking off in the distance at that sunlight, letting that brain relax, letting those eyes relax, just letting the body chill out. Looking off in the distance is a great way to make this happen. Okay, going into my last healthy habit before I jump into things you can do outside that are very health and fitness oriented. Uh, that aren't really habits, but more of like getting fit type of deal is cold plunge or the polar plunge, right? Ice baths have been getting a lot of hoopla right now, whether it is in the sports world where everybody's talking about that recovery after a hard workout, jumping in those ice baths, you hear people screaming and whatnot when they jump in to the crazy biohackers that are out there just ice bathing like every day in the morning. Uh, Wim Hof, if you know who that crazy guy is, um, he, you know, he's a big time ice bather, 60 minutes in the cold, doing his breathing. Um, If you don't know who Wim Hof is, I encourage you to check him out. He is worth a deep dive one day for bored to just see something entertaining because he is a goofy guy, but he's really kind of entertaining to watch and buyer beware when you watch it, right? You're going to see, he's going to claim a lot of stuff with his breathing and ice bath. There's a lot to it, but there are better ways and smarter ways, in my opinion, to get those same benefits and uh, do similar things without being as crazy as old Wim Hof. But ice baths are getting it, right? We're shocking that body. We're creating an acute stress response early on. We're getting that body going. There's been a lot of positive positive shown with getting that immune system going, getting that, um, that stress response, and just experiencing something that's difficult that can be very beneficial uh, for our body in general and getting that going. This one is a little bit harder to do every day. Um, I don't necessarily encourage doing it every day unless you really want to. There's no bad things about doing it. I take cold showers every day. I like a good ice bath, right? But I don't necessarily think everybody should be out there doing it every day unless you just really want to. But going out, getting that body just tightening up like that for a little bit. And then you start create that shiver response. You start burning those fats, um, getting a little bit, getting that uh, fat oxidation from shaking to create heat. You know, it's a great way to help you lose some weight. Um, you can be really sadistic with it and lose a lot of weight if you want. And if you would like to know the weight loss protocol with ice baths, 
shoot me a message on uh, Reverend Mark, and I'll explain it all out for you. Um, forewarning there, it is not a fun experience. Um, I've done it um, just to do it. I didn't really feel like I wanted to boost my uh, fat burning ability that much or lose fat that quickly through it. Um, I just did it because I was curious about it. And uh, it sucks. It really does suck because you're shivering for like a half hour or something. You're just like uh, unhappy and cold. Um, but ice baths are super, super good for you to do. And they don't have to be long. It doesn't have to be a long ice bath. It could be as short as like two minutes or three minutes, right? There's been a lot of cool uh, research out there with dopamine and the slow release of dopamine to help you kind of get motivated and start your day. Um, it's on par with uh, the same dopamine levels that you get from like snorting cocaine, which is incredible. But this from the ice baths, the dopamine like lasts longer. It's a slower drip. So, you know, you can argue that like maybe, you know, cokeheads should do ice baths instead because it gets just as much of that dopamine hit for a longer period of time. Um, you know, well, you probably should do ice baths instead of cocaine. Um, but that's on that dopamine, that, uh, that kind of chemical level, which is a little bit out of my realm of knowledge. Uh, dopamine super interesting. And I've been learning a lot about it, but I still don't know anything. But going back, those ice baths, you know, two, three minutes getting in that shock, being uncomfortable is super, super helpful for you and can really help you become a healthy, healthier person in the long run. You will feel better. You'll have more energy to start your day and get things done when you do a lot of these habits that I've named. The grounding, the seeing light, looking off in the distance, more for the evening, chill out, but that light and grounding and cold plunge, man, you can really get energy. You can attack your day. You can get so much more done and you know, you're going to feel great doing it. You're not going to feel crummy. You're not going to feel crappy. You're going to feel good, which is what we as people should strive to do is to feel good, right? You hate feeling crappy, whether you ate something and you feel all gross, that's not fun. Whether you did something and you just feel gross Feeling gross, being gross is not fun. Feeling good, acting good, just high amounts of energy. That's where the fun begins. And then we can do a lot of these other activities that I am about to get into. Thank you, Wanderers, for checking us out. Uh, make sure that you are hitting that like button, that subscribe button, leaving us a review on the iTunes, on the Spotify's, or wherever that you are checking out this podcast today. Uh, we really appreciate it. Any kind of feedback, uh, we love it. Uh, make sure to check out the YouTube so you can see our uh, beautiful faces instead of just listening to those beautiful voices. But uh, hit the like and subscribe button there, too, to see all of the fun Wandering Way stuff. Yeah, on the YouTube too, make sure to check out those videos like Mark's amazing 30-day road trip where he lived out of the back of a Jeep. And if you want to commemorate it, go ahead and pick yourself up that Wandering Way swag in the Linktree bio, click the swag button. If you're just on YouTube or Google or some sort of thing, go Teespring, 
Facebook.com slash wandering ways. You'll find us. You'll find socks. You'll find shirts. You'll find whatever you want to put our logo on and you can have it for sure. And maybe you only like one of the wandering ways team members here and you want to check out maybe just me personally, because obviously I might be the better one. Uh, check me out. Reverend Marcus on the Instagram on the Twitter. I got some fun stuff there. Hey, and you might be into Jeeps. You could check out my Jeep, the Rougarou. You might be into adventures. Check out Zach of Wandering Ways. Who knows? You can find it all with us at Wandering Ways, the nature podcast. Yeah, let's keep wandering on. All right, so I talked about some of the habits um, that you can do that involve getting outside, right? All of those habits I named earlier are stuff that you can do while out in nature. And I encourage you to do them while you're out in nature. Um, it could Those habits could be a way to get you outside more too, which if that is the case, that's awesome. That's what we're trying to do here. Um, but now we're going to go into things you can do outside um, activity-wise that will be a little bit more uh, beneficial for your health, right? So Again, uh, being the Reverend Marcus or the Reverend of Rehab, right, I try to um, do all of my workouts and all of my, like, activity outside. Um, if you have followed along with the podcast, you probably know some of my um, favorite activities being biking or running, right? I'm going to start with running, right, with it being trail running or in reality, you can do some pavement if you have a nice park. Again, we don't discriminate against the park. We just encourage you to go out and enjoy a park. And some parks have some nice paved trails that you can run along, and they are amazing to do. I've done a few of them. Um, you can just go off and find some random trails and run on those. A lot of hiking trails can be turned into trail running as well. But the the main uh, gist of it is, is you're running outside, right? Trail running. If you want to pick up trail running, um, which I, again, I encourage you to pick up some sort of activity, um, some sort of exercise workout type thing that involves getting outside because just getting outside is so helpful and beneficial for you in itself. But if you want to pick up trail running, couple things um, that I encourage you to do before taking up or when you take up these activities is one, start slow. Start off slow. Do not think that you're going to go out and you're going to be able to run um, a 5k on the first day, a 10k, a half marathon or a marathon, right? Start slow. Unless you have experience running, then you can start a little bit more. But I really, realistically, I encourage you to just go ahead and do a mile. It doesn't have to be a fast mile. It could just go out and run for a mile while outside. I know it doesn't seem like a lot. And at the end of it, you may feel like it was a waste of time because you didn't do a lot. But in reality, you did a whole lot, right? You got your body moving. You did some cardiovascular training. And two, you just accomplished something. It, again, these don't have to be big things. It's just going out and doing it. It can be so powerful. 
right? Motion is the potion. And so going out, trying your first trail run is with it only being a mile. That's, that's awesome. <laughs> like write it down, t- tell your friends if, if you want, you know, but enjoy doing that mile. And then as you do another mile, maybe it's twice a week, you've gone out and you did two miles, then you turn that into, or twice a week of a mile, you go out next week, you do it three times a week for that mile. Maybe then that following week, you bump up one of those days, you do a two miler, right? You start getting this momentum, the small changes, and you've all of a sudden, you're out there and you're becoming like a David Goggins who's running these ultra marathons. Now, you may not be David Goggins. But you may be all of a sudden you're running 5Ks every once in a while, or maybe you're doing a 10K. Maybe you're crazy enough to sign up for a marathon, you know, but it all starts really small, right? And again, it doesn't have to be fast. You could go out there, do a 15 minute mile. It, that's a slow pace, but you know what? At the end of the day, getting done, doing that 15 minute mile, Oh man, that's a great feeling. You got out, you got a good workout, you got a sweat going and you accomplished something. And then all of a sudden, without you even noticing that third weekend, you're like, man, I'm at like a 12 minute mile and I just did two miles. You just did two miles faster than that first mile by three minutes, right? That's insane. That's a huge, huge improvement. And it could happen that quickly. And you're going to all of a sudden, you're going to get down to 10 minute mile. And then, you know, you might get down to that nine, but you're feeling great. You're going for longer distances, all of these things. And you started slow, start slow. It's all about just doing it, going out and doing it. Motion is the potion. Doesn't really matter what the motion is. We can find ones that are bad for you, but in general, motion is the potion. Motion is going to make you feel good. Motion is going to get you, you know, getting that body, that trimming down, getting all of that, getting you to feel the best you you can be and being the best you you can be. And trail running, starting slow, is the way to go. Other thing, if you're trail running, I encourage you to look into decent shoes. Don't go out, break the bank with these expensive running shoes. Running shoes can get quite expensive, but you want something that's going to feel good on your foot and give you lots of support, right? That way, when you're going out and you're running for the first time, your feet aren't going to be hurting at the end of it. Your feet might hurt anyway, especially if you get new shoes, you got to break them in a little bit. Um, but getting a good pair of running shoes can be the difference between that second or third run in the week or wanting to chill out and not go run because that foot just gets so tired and uh, upset. Um, you know, and then as time goes on, if you have good foot strength, you can give the old barefoot running a try that incorporates the grounding while running that trail running grounding if you do it barefoot so that's like a twofer right there but barefoot be in mind you have to have strong feet and you have to start really slow ease into barefoot running Um, I have just started my barefoot running journey and um, it is a slow process so do not get discouraged if you go the barefoot running route with how long it is because you just got to give your feet time um, to build up that strength, especially on the intrinsic muscles. Um, 
but that's for trail running another great outdoor activity um, if you're not the runner you just hate running go ahead give those mountain bike give mountain biking a try now i want to I guess I should have said more biking instead of mountain biking because mountain biking implies that we're going to do some jumps and stuff. Maybe we're just going to do some gravel riding, get a gravel bike and hit those dirt roads that don't have the jumps that maybe not be single track all the time. You may hit some, but not all the time. You just kind of find a logging road and you're off into the distance getting some miles in. But you're out biking, it's different muscle groups. Uh, you can go for longer, you can go for quicker. Some people like biking more. Um, but again, it's getting you outside into those backwoods, experiencing nature, being out in nature, enjoying yourself, getting the body moving, getting some of that natural sunlight in. Um, just overall, you're outside and you're biking. What's more, what's more to like there? If you've ever been on an indoor uh, bike, it can be great to get a workout in. I do them all the time. Um, if the weather's crappy and I just don't want to be outside, or maybe I'm pinched for time and I don't have the time to go for a two, three hour ride around outside. I hop on the trainer. I hop on a stationary for 40 minutes. I get a great workout, but I'm still I'm standing still on those indoor ones, and that's not as much fun as actually moving, right? And you get to hit hills where you can really kind of coast. There's a lot of fun to going out and doing some biking outdoors. And if you go mountain biking, you get to really hit some steep ones. You get to get some speed. If you really start to get confident, you can hit some jumps, and you know you can have a lot of fun. I did mountain biking when I was in Humboldt. And I was trash at it. I mean, God awful, but I had a blast. I started started going once a week and then all of a sudden it turned into like twice a week. And then I was just like, all right, when can we go again? I was hitting the trails in those redwoods. I never hit any jumps because I'm not that good, but it did drop into some steep ones, which was a lot of fun. And then I could see I could hit turns faster. It was, and it was a great workout because you got to get up the hill too which you just chug and chug and chug and chug and you're like, why did I come? Then you hit the downhills and you're like, whoo, let's get pitted. And you just hit stuff. You're just hitting these walls, these turns, you know, dropping in here and there. It can be a lot of fun to go mountain biking. And I encourage everybody to give biking of some sort a try. Um, Outside the cost of a bike, it's pretty easy to get into. You just got to find a trail and go. You know, so give it a shot, um, biking or running. Um, or the obvious one, saving, saving probably the best activity to do for last, and it's hiking, right? That's essentially walking outdoors. We give it a fancy name of hiking, but it's called, it's walking just maybe involved more um, uphill than like a average walk around the, the block or through the neighborhood, maybe some roots or something, some mud. That's really the difference in hiking and walking around your block, right? But walking is fantastic for you. We as people do not give walking enough credit, right? Going out for a 40-minute walk and a 60-minute walk over time, you're going to notice huge benefits. If that's the only thing you did after listening to this podcast was go out and walk, let's just even go a mile. 
a mile every day of walking, you will at the end of the month notice a huge difference in how you feel. Maybe you're trying to lose a lot of weight, then you will drop pounds fast just by walking. And going out and hiking is amazing. I mean, we talk about hiking all the time. I think hiking was my number one choice for outdoor activities. Um, If it wasn't, I know it was in my top five because it is incredible, right? And you can do a lot of epic things while walking. You really, really can. Like you can climb a mountain. That's hiking. That's We call it climbing, but essentially it's hiking unless it's technical. You can go see these incredible peaks. You can accomplish amazing things. There is, uh, I've talked about this guy before, Colin O'Brady. He does a whole like contest where all it is, is you hike up a hill, you get a lift down, hike up a hill, lift down. And it's the height of Everest. Basically you do the elevation climb of Everest. I can't remember what they call this and I should, maybe I'll look it up right now, but it's called whatever the actual elevation of um, Everest is. So What's the height of um, Everest here? So, but like, um, like I've been saying though, it is so 29032. They have a whole contest named 29032, 29,300 feet. That's how much you climb. And it's all about, Colin talks about what's your Everest? What's your Everest? What's your peak? What are you trying to accomplish? Now, this is literally just hiking up and down like a ski lift or hiking up and getting a ride down a ski lift, but you get to the top of Everest. Not everybody can get to Mount Everest itself, but it doesn't mean everybody can't do the height of Everest. Um, So if you're interested, check those out. Um, it's something I've looked into doing. I think it would be a doozy. I think it would be a blast to do as well. Um, but it's all it is, is walking or hiking. And that's incredibly good for you. It, it gets you outside. Your body's moving. It's less taxing than biking. It's less taxing than running. And I think we can all do it. Now, maybe you just go walk through your local park if you're in like a more urban setting, or maybe you go out and it doesn't really matter where you're outside, try and get out of concrete though, Um, but you're outside and you're walking, enjoying nature, go at whatever pace you want, go for whatever distance you want, but go out, give it a shot. Um, Those are those three things. They're probably the easiest to do you know you can go out and you can rock climb you can canoe kayak white water you can do a lot of those more things those take a little bit more skill those take a little bit more equipment uh they can be a little unnerving to do still a blast to do and have a lot of positive health benefits of doing those kind of things you know it's ac- exercise it's activity so it's really hard to go wrong with a lot of those but Running, biking, hiking, when it comes to basic outdoor activities that can be beneficial for your health, it's those three in reality. Start with those three and start doing others if you really start to gain momentum and try something new. I would encourage you to start with those three and start small. Like I said, it doesn't have to be big the first time. It can be tempting 
but if you start small and just do it, try and do a little bit each day, if you can, you're going to see momentum hit and you're going to start noticing these small different changes and you're going to feel fantastic. A lot of these activities too, for those families out there, you can do with family, right? Grounding, you can ground with the family. Um, you may have your neighbors thinking you're a little crazy. Um, if y'all just standing out there in a circle or whatnot, uh, grounding or taking in that light, that's them looking at you thinking they're crazy. The th thing is, they're the crazy ones not doing it. Um, I have been called crazy a million times, and I'll be called crazy a million more times with how much I ground and how much I look all crazy, loopy, hippie, whatever term you want to use. Um, I, it's because I'm out there doing these things. I jump in the cold bath. I was home seeing my parents and they were joking to me about hopping in cold water. And I said, you know what? I feel great. <laughs> Takes me five to 15 minutes. Uh, nowadays, I tried to do like 20 minutes of ice bath, but I do all of these things. I feel fantastic. Um, if the truth is in the pudding, if you really want to know, I started this health journey when I was at 260 pounds. And right now, as of today, I was two, I am 200 pounds. The other thing is I plateaued at about 225 for the longest, longest, longest time. And then I learned about grounding and I learned about cold baths and I dropped 25 pounds in probably a month. And I've been able to stay there. Going on those activity sites, first time I ever went out for a run, it was a mile. It was a hard mile. It was a rough mile. And I wanted to give up on running altogether. And it wasn't anything crazy. I just went and I did it. And then a week later, I did it again. And now I'm running pretty much anywhere from um, 10 kilometers to 20 kilometers a week. And I have hopes and dreams of running a marathon this summer. Um, I'm hoping to announce that kind of thing coming up here soon, um, which actually is a great time to transition into the final words. Again, we don't have Rangers Zach, um, he, this would be probably a good time for him to come in because you guys are probably sick of listening to me talk today. Um, but Reverend's final words of wisdom here today is start small. Motion is the potion. It's pretty simple, but go out, give these things a try. Um, they don't have to be long. You don't have to spend a lot of time doing them. That's why I picked these ones to talk about is they don't necessarily require a lot of time. And I'm hoping they don't take a lot of effort for you. But I think in the long run, these can be super beneficial for you. All righty. Um, you guys are amazing. I can't tell you how much um, I appreciate every single one of you wanderers. Uh, thank you for listening today. If you did on this solo episode, hopefully it was good. Um, if you do like it and you want to see more one on one mono e mono type deal instead of just the two of us, maybe we'll have Zach do a solo episode about a topic of his choice in the future. Um, but we wanted to switch it up today. Zach's in Yellowstone, so thought I'd give him a break this week, and uh, I take the the heavy lifting on the episode. 
Uh, but again, as in terms of the podcast, make sure you like, subscribe, um, rate on YouTube, Apple, Spotify, Google, wherever you're listening to your podcast. It helps us out so much. Um, we have apparel. Make sure you check out. We have the link tree in the bio below. Hit that or hit the Teespring. You'll have all the different kinds of uh, apparel. You got the Wandering Ways uh, album cover shirt that I have on today. Uh, we have the, you know, the kind of our flag, our main tick t- uh, thumbnail that we have for. Oh, I don't know that sticker on here. Oh, I don't have that one. Anyways. Um, our main thumbnail, we have that on shirts. Um, so go ahead, check out the Wandering Ways gear uh, that's on there. Any way to help us out, we appreciate. Whether it's you just telling your friend about the podcast, we appreciate all of that. Um, so please go out there, check it out, like, subscribe, all that fun stuff. If you go to the Teespring, you'll see some uh, uh, unathletic trainer stuff, which brings me to last point. If you liked today's podcast and you want more stuff similar, this is honestly like an hour-long plug for theunathletictrainer.com. A lot of the stuff that I do health benefit-wise, health knowledge-wise, a lot more in-depth, a lot more open to answer questions and easier for me to answer questions on there. So go ahead, check out theunathletictrainer.com or Reverend Marcus on Instagram and Twitter. Those are great ways to reach me if you want more stuff like this or have questions for me after this. Um, But, you know, again, I can't tell you enough. Uh, This was fun. Uh, It was just me, but it was fun, you know. So uh, that being said, peace out, everybody.